Your market value has gone up since this pandemic has crushed our entire world, its economic and health systems. And we're facing challenges that we've never had to think about or look at before. But my friend, not only have you tuned into the right episode, but this is the place where you can learn how to step into action so that you can release your amazingness onto the planet. Welcome to the Road to Seven. Welcome to the Road to Seven podcast, guiding and supporting entrepreneurs along their road to seven figures and beyond. Here's your host, Sheila Cummins. Welcome back to the Road to Seven. I am Sheila Cummins, and I love nothing more than spurring you to action so that you can launch, grow, and scale a profitable business. Today, I have a very special episode of this podcast. I've got a guest who's been a mentor of mine for about the last three years. He's the person I turn to when I think about, number one, how do I want to lead my company and my community in a way that not only feels good, but has massive impact and is collaborative and brings together people from around the globe. He's also the guy that I turn to when I'm looking for that infrastructure or the details of how to when it comes to my Power Up program. Now, if you don't know, Power Up is an online group coaching program that I run that helps women entrepreneurs to shift into action so that they can be on the path to their road to seven. Whether seven is your goal or not, we meet you where you are and we bring you to where you want to be through private coaching, group coaching, teaching, consulting, community. That's how we get it. If you want to learn more about Power Up, just visit SheilaCummins.com slash Power Up. And of course, the link will be in the show notes today. So who is this guest that I have with me today? His name is Stu McLaren. Stu helps experts transform their knowledge and influence into recurring revenue. He supports authors, speakers, and thought leaders to launch, grow, and scale six, seven, and eight-figure membership sites and online communities. The plan is always focused on high profitability in a low-stress way so you have time for the things that matter. He is also the creator of Tribe, a community of people just like you who are turning what they know, love, and do into low-stress, high-profit recurring revenue memberships. On this episode, we're going to talk about the key elements that will give small businesses an advantage through this crisis and beyond. Here's a reality check. The truth is memberships are booming. People are online and have more time than ever before to learn. People are also craving connection and they can't get it elsewhere. They can't go out and meet people, but they can create that new connection in the digital form. And there are so many opportunities to create a safe environment inside a membership program. Also, new problems have developed. And the truth is, memberships are perfectly positioned to help solve them. And for business owners, memberships have created a financial stability in a time where financial instability seems to be the norm. And if you need anything right now, financial stability would be it. If your interest has been piqued, or you want to learn more about this concept of a membership, or you want to start 
learning and figuring out how to implement this into your business, then come and join Stu for an amazing workshop series, which begins on April 23rd. Throughout this series, you're going to discover the secret strategy to launch or grow your dream business that lands stable, predictable money into your account every single month without burning you out. This is one of the best ways you can safeguard your business from the ups and downs of a vulnerable economy, specifically in times of uncertainty, fear, and panic. Come and learn about the membership model. Turn what you already know, love, and do into a profitable membership. Click the link in the show notes to come and join the workshop series, and let's start shifting into action together. Tune in and enjoy this episode of The Road to Seven. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Thrive Guide. You'll notice I've shifted the name from the Survival Guide to the Thrive Guide because I know you're ready to thrive. And today I have an amazing guest with me. This has been one of my mentors for one of three, over three years now. Stu McClare and I was part of his very first tribe program back when it was in its infancy. And to watch him grow over the last couple of years and spread his message, which I just believe right to my heart, has been amazing. So Stu, thank you so much for joining us today. I know you are a busy, busy man right now. Oh, well, thank you. I'm excited to be here and I appreciate you uh having me on and and how awesome I'm sure you have seen like just the growth of uh, you know what's happened in the last few years I'm excited to uh, to talk about that and to share that with everybody well that's amazing so why don't we just start by acknowledging that the world is in a crisis we are in a pandemic we can't ignore it right. we can't control it except doing our bit tell me um, how have you had to pivot in your business in light of the current situation? Well, in our business, a couple of things have happened. Like one, um, for the most part, it's been, uh, you know, business as usual, you know, for predominant, we're predominantly an online business. So mm-hmm. from that standpoint, uh, things haven't really changed that much. The way in which we work certainly has, you know, we half of our team uh, work out of a central office and half of our team is virtual. And so now, of course, we're all virtual. We're doing a lot more things uh, to streamline that and you know, one of the ways uh, is actually using our very own software. So we released a new piece of software last year called uh, Searchy.io. Yeah. And uh, we're using it a lot for our own meetings. So we'll go live on, uh, you know, Zoom, in our, you know, with our team meetings. And immediately after those meetings are uh, sent to Searchy because it's all integrated mm-hmm. and it's transcribed and then sent into Slack. And so what's happening is like we're streamlining a lot of the way that, in which we work because we have to. You know, because uh, you don't have that face-to-face contact where you can communicate a lot in a short period of time. And so that that's changed a lot. The way in which we think about our messaging has yes. certainly changed as well. You know, as you said, we are in the midst of uh, something that we have experienced historically in, you know, 100 plus years. And so, you know, this kind of thing, uh, it forces us to change our messaging and rethink how we communicate and market. So, that, so that's been another big uh change as well, just being uh, aware and sensitive to what's going on. Um, But at the same time, like not hiding, you know, like I think this is not a time to stick our head in the sand and and kind of hope that, you know, it'll all pass and things will get back to normal. It's not. Business business has fundamentally changed forever and we've got to keep moving forward regardless. 
Yeah, I agree completely. And right from the get go, it was, you know, the message I was sending to my women was, okay, now's your time. All those of you who've been hiding, now's the time to step out. All those who have the reasons of why they can't create the content, you have the time, you have no, you have no excuses anymore. Now's the time. Mm -hmm. So you have the benefit of seeing a lot of small businesses. Yeah. What do you notice are some of the key elements across the small businesses that they need in order to survive? And I think it's important to acknowledge now, but also after. (laughs) Yeah. What do we need? Well, I think first and foremost, it's really identified some vulnerabilities for some businesses, you know, and I'm raising my hand here because my wife and I, we also run our own nonprofit and 95% of our fundraising came from live events. And so you can imagine with no live events happening, what's happened to the fundraising. It's just like, you know, disappeared. And so that doesn't change the fact that, you know, we're still running this nonprofit. We're building schools over in Kenya and running and operating Mm -hmm. the schools. So We still need funds to be able to make that happen. And so what it's done is it's just it's forced us to think creatively. And uh, one of the things that we're doing, uh, which should be no surprise to you, is that we're moving from a fundraising model of, uh, you know, live events to membership. And so I'm super excited about that. But that's I think one of the biggest things that I've seen is that, you know, businesses that are online right now are uh, seeing a boom. You know, we're seeing it where. Uh, people in markets like Emily Jeffords, who just finished a launch of uh, her membership in the artist space. She just welcomed 367 new members. Or yes. Tamara Bennett, who helps people paint decorative door hangers, just welcomed 420 new members. <laughs> or one of my uh, favorites, uh, Maxie, she launched a quilting membership uh, last year in October. And yesterday, she just posted in our, in our community that she just welcomed 107 new members. And so I think fundamentally, one of the things that I'm seeing in terms of businesses that are continuing to thrive is that they're moving forward and they're experimenting and they're trying different things. And now is the time to do that. You know, there's never been a time when more people are online, never been a time when more people are spending more time online than right now. And so it is a time to experiment and to try things and not necessarily to hide. And as we were talking about, just kind of hope that things are going to pass. I love that. And I think I think the word experiment is really important because sometimes we don't do it because we want it to be perfect. We're afraid to launch because what if zero people come in? And I think this is one of those prime opportunities where you just got to go for it and don't have it be perfect. Leave perfect for someone else. Yeah. Just go and try it and be OK with whatever results you get, because as you're saying, people are still buying because life's continuing. Yeah. And I think it's also identified some new problems, you know, like, you know, uh, millions and millions of parents with young kids are at home right now. And yep. you know, like we're we, we know we don't want the kids on the iPads or on the, you know, watching TV all day. We want them being productive. We want them, you know, learning and moving forward. But, you know, we're thrust into becoming teachers and we've not been uh, never done that before. So that's a new problem. And what that's done is that's just uh, identified a new opportunity for Teachers like Anna DeGilio or Patty Palmer, who both have membership sites that deliver lesson plans for teachers. Well, they've each made a small pivot and now are delivering lesson plans for parents. And it's opened up a huge market for them. Or uh, Anna Willis, who has a membership site for homeschooling parents. Her membership's just taken off. And or Casey Hope, you know, she had a, uh, you know, Casey's story is really unique. She had a brick and mortar uh, art studio that she's had to close. But, you know, she has launched uh, in the past year and a half a calligraphy membership. So she sent me a beautiful message just saying, like, how grateful she was for that calligraphy membership because 
it's enabled her to still pay her employees, to still pay herself, like her business is going to be okay. But she also saw that there's a new problem, which is all these parents at home. And so she launched another membership, had her biggest launch yet. This was two weeks ago. It was an art membership for kids and welcomed over 300 members. And so it's presented new problems. So whether it's you know parents at home with their kids, whether it's companies who work in a physical office are now operating virtually, that's a new problem they're trying to figure out. Or physical gyms, you know, all these millions of people who go to the gym to work out now can't. So, you know, people like my trainer, Dave, recognize, okay, there's millions of people at home now who don't have access to the equipment, but they still want to keep fit. So he's been delivering at-home bodyweight workouts. So at the end of the day, like, there's an opportunity because there's a new set of problems and that are waiting, waiting for entrepreneurs to kind of step in and create solutions for them. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. Have you ever come across a business that doesn't lend itself to a membership model with that recurring revenue each and every month? Yeah, I'd probably say like, you know, like manufacturing type businesses, you know, but there, I think the reality of it is, is that membership models are, are uh, weaving their way into pretty much every type of business, whether it be a physical product, you know, this is, uh, was a home run with uh, the Dollar Shave Club, you know, yes. and so that turned a physical product that, you know, uh, before uh, the companies were hoping people would come back and buy their razors. Well, now Dollar Shave Club, they knew with 100% certainty that, you know, thousands and thousands of people were going to pay them every single month. So you see physical product memberships like Dollar Shave Club, Socks of the Month, Wine of the Month. Um, you know, uh, Sarah Williams in our tribe community, she has a subscription box, you know, which is, again, a physical product that she sends out. So physical product companies are certainly adopting the membership model. Service-based companies are too. You know, we see this, Mary Claire Fredette is a good example. She's a massage therapist. And so that's a brick and mortar service that she provides, but she's turned it into a membership as well. Heck, even my car wash, which is a, you know, a service where you normally go through one time, they've turned it into a membership model where you could pay $9 one time, or you could pay $12 and go through an unlimited number of times per month. Now, the amazing part about that, when I was asking them about that, when I got my membership, they had about 3000 monthly paying customers. And my car was like sparkly clean because I was going through it like every single day. It was right across from the office. And my wife said to me, she said, well, how come your car is so clean? And I told her about the membership. And she said, well, can you take my car through? And I was like, oh, baby, listen, I, that the membership is for my car. So I said, okay. So I went back and I got another one and I was asking again, I said, so how many members are you up to now? She said, we are over 4,500 monthly members now. So just think about that. Like every other car wash in the city is hoping that people are going to come back. They know for sure 4,500 people are going to be paying them every single month. So physical product companies are doing it. Service-based companies are doing it. Knowledge-based companies are doing it. This is why we see so many people in our tribe community who have memberships based around their expertise or skills, you know, whether it be in photography or calligraphy or fitness and finance, music, art, health, dog training, you name it. Like there is a market being served by it. And then you see community-based memberships as well, where people are just bringing others who have a shared interest together. And it just much like a, like a country club, if you will, but more online. And now more than ever, we need community, right? Like we can't get it in the traditional places like churches or schools or sports teams or what have you. And so online communities and memberships are booming right now because of that fact. 
I think those examples are really good. And again, yeah, I work with women entrepreneurs and I'm watching last year, we had six people who came into your program through me and my reward, which I'm going to do again this year was a, a coaching program called TAG, Tribe Accountability Group. And of those four, three had over 10 figure years wow. within their membership. And, and this is the piece that I think is so important for people to hear is that those who have the memberships are actually those who are retaining the most amount of clients now because you have full control over how to help them right now and serve them. And in my membership, I have, knock on wood, had 100% retention up till now because the minute that that Thursday when the pandemic was announced Friday, I just woke up and was like, all right, I'm not losing this. What are we going to do? We yeah. doubled value. And so all of a sudden... You know, I can I can't control who stays in, but I sure can control the value they get. And I know that those who have a membership are have have done the same and they've retained a huge amount of their clients. It's interesting because like we think that, you know, during this time, people are you know going to be cutting back on all kinds of stuff. And and they certainly are. But to your point, they don't come back on the things that they get value from. There was a a, an interesting moment to Levi uh, Kajula, who's in our uh, tribe community. He, He runs a guitar membership. And he admitted to me that uh, he was a little bit nervous to look at his stats because he was afraid that, you know, he would have uh, experienced a whole bunch of cancellations during this whole thing. But then his community manager, Allie, came to him and she said, uh, Levi, we, we just crossed a major milestone. And he's like, major milestone? What, what are you talking about? She said, well, we just crossed 7,000 members. He's like, 7,000 members? So he went and looked at his stats. And his members weren't canceling. In fact, his sales were tripling during this time because there was an interesting uh, research study that was released last week that validates and what we're seeing in the marketplace. And that is that um, they surveyed 2,000 people in in, uh, the UK who had been quarantined. And they asked them, like, what were they looking to do uh, during this quarantine? And 69% of them said that they wanted to come out of the quarantine having learned a new skill, whether it be, you know, painting or writing or playing an instrument or, you know, gardening or whatever it may be, but they wanted to come away with a new skill. And 57% of them said that they were looking forward to pursuing things that they've always wanted to do, but didn't have time. And this really speaks to what we're seeing happening in the marketplace and that memberships are booming right now. Retention rates are holding strong because people value these things and they want to use the time to be productive and to come out of this with more skill than when they went into it. So it's a really interesting time and place because, yes, what is happening from a health perspective is very serious. And, yes, the ripple effect that that's having in the business world especially in brick and mortar businesses is absolutely serious. I've got dear friends, one of the groomsmen in my wedding, you know, he owns a restaurant and of course that's completely closed. One of my wife's good friends owns a brewery closed. We have friends who own coffee shops and retail shops. All of them are, you know, closed and are scrambling right now because they rely on foot traffic. But -hmm. on the other side of it is like, it is also a time when those of us who are online are seeing as I said, more people online than ever before, spending more time online than ever before. And these people, as research is now showing, they want to be productive. They want to be better human beings coming out of this than when they went into it. And so that just bodes well for those of us who are online teaching. Yeah. And what about those who aren't yet? What about those who are sort of sitting in the armchair watching? They're probably sitting there saying, oh, I should have signed up last year when I really wanted. I should already be online. Is it too late? How can they break into the market? When, when was the best time to plant the tree? 20 years ago. When's the second best time? Today. And it's the same thing here. Listen, 
look, now more than ever, it's a time to experiment and to try new things as we have been talking about. And what I can tell you is that like, you know, oftentimes we can get going a lot faster than we think, you know, just take Casey Hope, for example, I mentioned her earlier, you know, she recognized that, as I said, that there are millions of parents at home who are wanting to be productive with their kids. So she said to her team, like, look, we have been doing this. We, we teach kids how to paint in our art studio. We can, we know how to do memberships now. Like we, let's just transition. And so within a week, within a week, they had turned that around and had launched a second membership and welcomed 300 plus members. And so wow. I share this with you because like, you can keep it as simple as you want. Yesterday, I had a great conversation with Brandy, who's in our uh, community. She didn't have a big audience. She didn't have tens of thousands or thousands. She had 400 people in her audience, but she did a founding member launch and welcomed 23 members in the beginning. And we might think, oh, 23 members, like that's really not that much. But that 23 members gave her and created momentum. And in this last year, that 23 members has blossomed into more than 250. It's allowed her to bring her husband home from his corporate job. And it spawned off all kinds of other business and courses and masterminds and so forth. And so I share it with you because the bottom line is, is that you don't have to have big audiences to get going, but you got to get going in order to make it happen and to create momentum for yourself. Perfectly imperfect, Stu. That's exactly it. I love that. Yes. <laughs> yep. We've got to be okay. So you're where you got two little kids at home. I've got three at home. They're been sworn to death to be silent right now. They're about to unleash the lions once this is done. Tell me. What has been your best strategy for working from home with your kids around? Just to accept it. Like I said, like, that's why I, you know, I just ran off there to close the door because they had come in and they were running around here grabbing stuff and out they go. I have a little chair right here, you know, because the kids inevitably, they come into the room. So oftentimes I'll just, you know, I'll just, they want to see what's going on. So just tell them to stand up, you know, so just, you know, uh, having grace in the fact that, you know, the kids are home and, uh, you know, things are going to happen. Uh, the dog is probably going to come in and out. And uh, I think that's the reality that we're facing now. And people are accepting of that. They understand that because we're all facing it. So, you know, have, I've just kind of uh, relaxed into it, I, I think, a little more than uh, than I normally would. And at the same time, uh, there, one of the challenges of all of this, I don't know if you're experiencing this, but before, you know, we were in a very good rhythm as a family. You know, we'd mm-hmm. wake up. We'd have breakfast together. You know, I typically would take uh, uh, the kids to school, drop them off, and then I'd go to the office and I'd work during the day. And then I, uh, my wife would pick them up from school and I'd come home like around 4.35. And then we were all in with the kids. So when we were with the kids, we we're all in and present with them. And so they, you know, that's all they ever knew because they didn't see us working during the day. But now it's a little bit different, right? Because now they see us working during the day. And so they're like, gosh, you like work all the time. And I'm like, like, it's not even a lot of work. You're just seeing it for the first time, you know? So I think that's been uh, a challenge. And I know like, you know, uh, we've had to, you know, my wife and I have had to really, you know, communicate a lot more about, you know, when we each, when each other needs time, you know, to, for working on different things um, and working with each other in a lot, uh, in a lot more deliberate way. But um you know, it is what it is. It's a period of time and it will pass and uh, we'll get back into regular rhythms. This too shall pass. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I know we're pretty similar. My husband also is an entrepreneur. So we're, we're taking days like Tuesday, I run all my groups back to back to back. So he's on today, but I'll be on on Friday and Thursday. So you just work it out. You just you figure it out. And I think that's the most important thing. You've got to communicate during this time. I mean, 
the reality of it is it's not a normal time, you know, and as much as we would love for things to just like get back to normal, they aren't. And uh, so we've got to figure it out. Like we can't get our knickers in a twist about it. We just got to use our uh, creativity to figure out, okay, how can we make this work? And when you start asking those kinds of questions, like how, how can we make this work or how can I make this happen? It turns your brain on and your brain starts to find answers that you didn't even know were there before. I love it. And I think that's probably is a great place for us to sign off today. And, you know, the power of a powerful question, how can I make this work? How can I serve people more? How can I make this a reality? What do I need to do? What are the small steps? And, you know, Stu, you've got an upcoming workshop, which I think is really a really it's a great topic. Tell us more about the workshop. Yes, April 23rd is when it all starts. It's a live training. I'm really excited about it because every year we run this uh, free workshop, but I'm more passionate about it now than ever before because I am seeing firsthand what a membership is doing for the business owners who have it. It's created stability. We talked about it creating stability in the good times, but it's showing up in a massive way right now. You know, I, as I mentioned, Casey Hope, I got an amazing message from uh, Sarah Williams, who is in the same boat. She owns a brick and mortar retail shop. She sent me a beautiful message. Uh, She said, I'm so grateful because in the last year, she had grown her online membership from 300 members to 2000. And what that has done is that that's just given her this amazing uh, stability in her business. So yes, it's terrible that she's had to close the doors, not knowing when she'll be able to open them, but she still has income coming in to be able to pay her employees, to be able to pay herself and keep that business alive. And so I'm more passionate about it today than ever before because it serves all kinds of different businesses, as we talked about, product-based businesses, service-based businesses, knowledge-based businesses, and community-based businesses. And during this live workshop, the first session, which starts on April 23rd, what we'll do is we'll talk about like whether a membership is going to be a good fit for your market and what type of membership would be a best fit for you and the people that you want to serve. So I'm really excited to dig into that and really show all kinds of different types of memberships in all kinds of markets. Then in the second live training, this is where we're going to talk about, well, what do you actually provide inside of a membership? Because the worst thing that you can do is just throw a whole bunch of stuff into a member's area and kind of like hope that people will find value. Yeah, it it doesn't work that way. And uh, what I can tell you is the number one reason that people cancel from a membership is overwhelm. So it's not about providing a whole bunch of stuff. It's about providing the right kind of stuff. And that's what we'll talk about in uh, the second part of the live training. And then the third part, we zoom up and we talk about the five key areas of a membership, starting with your foundation strategy, then your content strategy, your marketing strategy, your retention strategy, and your growth strategy. And we'll unpack each of those. You'll get this meaty PDF blueprint, which goes into detail. And we've had people that have literally launched memberships off the back of that. Fembi, which was was over in Africa at the time, she launched on the back of that free blueprint. And there's many examples Uh, who have done so as well. So I just highly recommend people come join us. It's an amazing workshop. We host it one time a year. It's all free and it starts April 23rd. Fantastic. We'll see if we can't get as many people in front of their computers for that. Stu, thank you for showing up. Parting words. I've got two words for you who's listening. Recurring revenue. How can you do it in your business? Stu, thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Road to 7 podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes so you don't miss an episode. To learn more, visit SheilaCummins.com for more support along your road to seven figures and beyond in your business. See you next time.